Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in information security, technology, and humans. The idea is content curation as a service. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts. I then take what I learned from that content and turn it into a concise 30-minute summary. If you enjoy or get value from the show, you can support it at danielmeisler.com support. And many thanks to everyone who's already subscribed. All right, welcome to episode 102. Going to jump right into security news. GitHub is now incorporating two separate security services into its offering directly. So it will not only tell you what dependencies you have focused around JavaScript and Ruby to start off with, but they will also tell you if you have vulnerabilities in those dependencies. Super excited to see this functionality come to GitHub itself. Although I can hear the collective groans of the many companies who are actually doing these things, you know, as a, as a business model. So to have them brought into GitHub is uh, probably pretty disturbing for them, but it's great functionality and I'm glad it's in GitHub. Researchers at the University of Edinburgh identified 419 Russian accounts attempting to influence the Brexit outcome. I, I'm not sure if they're saying that they did, uh, but they were definitely trying to. This shows that Russian information warfare efforts are not a Trump thing or a US thing. They're really just a concerted effort to affect outcomes in a way that benefits Russia around the world. And they're using information warfare through social media to do that, right? They're using that as the weapon. And when you sort of put it that way, it just seems like uh, it's, it would be expected, right? It, it makes sense that they would try to influence the world to, you know, help them. And you can imagine that other governments are probably doing similar things, probably not in as overt a way as Russia is, but it uh, seems to be just part of what intelligence does. A paper out of Harvard describes how China has an army of people injecting fake comments into its social media networks for the purpose of cheerleading for the government and its policies. It claims that this 5C party is responsible for around 440 million social media comments per year. <clears throat> uh, some estimates have it at like 2 million people who are hired to do this. So they basically just jump into all the different social media channels. Someone says something negative, they comment, oh, but it's awesome to be Chinese or the government takes care of us or, you know, China's going to win the war or whatever. And just keeps this positive China momentum going in all of their social media channels. It's, uh, I think it's genius, honestly. I think they're controlling the way that their own citizens see about, uh, feel about the country and see the country. And I think this is especially important in China because <clears throat> they have a problem um, or a risk of the people suddenly just not being happy with the communist uh, method of, of ruling. So this is a method to uh, keep them, uh, keep them happy, keep them believing that it's working. Military contractors left a ton of data on an unsecured S3 bucket about what looks to be some sort of military sponsored intelligence campaign. It's astounding to me how much this keeps happening 
and how easy it actually is to avoid. And I've got some links here to the new Amazon tools that allow you to encrypt your content, find your content, and lock down permissions. Oh, this is pretty cool. Quad9 is a new DNS security service from IBM. And it, the IP address is four nines, nine, 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 nine. Um, they're doing a whole bunch of domain filtering, similar to other services like Cisco's Umbrella and Akamai's offering. They're evidently filtering using around 15 different feeds, um, including uh, the main IBM feed. Uh, very cool idea. I like how simple it is. And I hopefully the simplicity of 9999 will get a decent number of non-expert people using it. And it'll just be passed around as, uh, you know, this, this free method of doing this security. Kind of like OpenDNS, but those aren't easy to remember IP addresses. And um, <clears throat> I don't know, it feels like OpenDNS kind of went in a different direction. It's like, it's commercial. Is it free? Is it not free? Like I used to have an account, but I switched over to this just to try it out. Um, and what's cool about it is IBM is directly saying, yeah, it's free. It's just a free service. So hopefully they don't bait and switch that. But if it is indeed a free service and all you have to do is tell your loved ones um, to use 9999, then uh, you could just go into their router, change their DNS to use this and have significant security upgrade for free and basically doing nothing. Looks like Microsoft might have patched a bug in its old equation editor utility by modifying the executable directly instead of updating the source and recompiling. So a bunch of people looked at this patch and said, wow, they just barely modified the executable. They must not have had the source code. I would hate to be that person, right? Who, who goes to the managers like, uh, yeah, yeah, major buffer overflow. Really sorry about that. It's kind of just obvious. Uh, thing is, we can't find the source code. What do you mean you can't find the source code? We work at Microsoft. Yeah, can't find it. It's not there. That's probably a rough conversation. Patching, um, PeopleSoft and Microsoft's November 2017 security updates. Quite a few things in there. Internet Explorer, Microsoft Edge, Microsoft Windows, Office. ASP.NET, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. So get those updates and apply them if you haven't, which if you're reading this or listening to this, I'm sure you have, um, or it's on the schedule. All right, technology news. Tesla showed off its semi-truck finally. I think it was a little bit late in showing it off, but people were excited. It's supposed to have a 500 mile range Haul a maximum of load of like 80,000 pounds. Not sure how that compares to other things. Sounds big to me. Um, and Musk said they're also working on a charging solution that will give 400 miles of charge in 30 minutes. And all the chargers are solar powered. So you just have like what Interstate 40 or whatever. And you would just have these charging stations all powered by the sun. And uh, you can get 400 miles of travel in just 30 minutes of charge. It's like faster than my phone. Um, yeah, it's uh, really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing if this actually works. Uh, somebody said that the um, 
average load is like 250 something miles for these these really heavy loads so 500 miles is is really good to hear the brookings institute says digitalization is coming for pretty much every industry and the more tech you know the more stable your job will be and the more money you will make mean wages for highly digital jobs according to their classification was $73,000. It was $48,000 for medium level digital jobs and 30,000 for low digital jobs. So their message was learn tech, doesn't matter what industry you're in, learn tech. And whatever industry is the most technical, requires the most tech, is where you'll make the most money. <clears throat> Seems somewhat obvious, but good to see it stated. The reviews are coming in for Google's Pixel Buds. They appear to say exactly what I would expect them to say, which is that they sound like a great idea, but weren't executed very well. This is pretty much what I expect from any Google product with a UI or UX. If you look at their administrator consoles, you look at their attempts to launch a social network, you look at their renaming of their conference tool from like, I don't know, Hangouts to like conference to like, I don't know, what's it called now, work? I, I can't remember. Um, they keep renaming things, they keep relaunching, and it keeps failing. They seem completely tone deaf to how people actually use things. They're utter geniuses when it comes to large data sets and you know, providing fast results when searching through those data sets, which makes sense. But they seem completely lost when it comes to interface. Apple Watch can and has been used to detect arrhythmia, hypertension, and sleep apnea. And I think this was a study that was done with Cardiogram, the uh, app, which I un uninstalled, by the way, because now that functionality is in the OS. This is a common theme, by the way. Uh, I think that functionality that starts in a application or in a startup ends up being incorporated into a platform <clears throat> like Amazon or AWS or whatever, or even deeper into an operating system like Mac OS, iOS, Android, Windows. So you start off with, with this uh, app, Cardiogram, which is awesome. And then Apple's like, well, yeah, of course that's awesome. And we have a health kit. And so of course we're gonna do heartbeat stuff. Somebody find me a list of the three top features that everyone likes in Cardiogram and make sure that's in our product inside the OS over the weekend. And that's what you can kind of expect as a startup is you try, <clears throat> something goes really well, it's gonna be copied by an operating system and your app will be dead. Now, of course, this takes large periods of time in some cases, and you can make billions of dollars in the meantime. So it's not like you shouldn't start a startup, but you should know that this sort of death is waiting for you down the tunnel at some point. <clears throat> and I'm sure there are exceptions where this doesn't apply, but it seems like the norm. China has completely passed the US in the number of the world's most powerful computers. They now have 202 of them, while the US only has 143. Human news. <clears throat> Another major study has indicated that coffee consumption is good for you. This makes me happy. I'm drinking coffee right now. I will take a sip. <clears throat> uh, 
As little as one cup a week may lower your chances of stroke or heart failure. And the benefits go up as you drink more. I'm sure that that stops at some point and you just die. But adding up the numbers, I think this actually means I'm immune to stroke or heart failure. That's, that's how I read it. The FDA has approved a new digital pill that can track whether or not you've taken your medicine and then sends the data of, yeah, they didn't take it on time or whatever to your doctor and up to like three or four other people. So presumably these would be like guardians who are watching to make sure you're taking your meds. Pretty cool idea. Of course, everyone's freaking out, you know, who's going to know and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I think it's a classic situation of risk and reward here. Two scientists are predicting more extreme earthquakes in 2018 due to a correlation with a cycle, I think around 30 or 35 years or something, of slowing earth rotation. So they basically noticed that you have more earthquakes over 7.0 every 30 something years when the earth's rotation slows. And we are in the 35th year and 2018 is supposed to be a big year for this. Uh, this is not like the whole world saying this, it's a couple scientists, but uh, seems compelling. I'm going to be working on my bug out bag anyway for things like earthquakes. So I guess this will speed me up. Britain recorded 2,255 modern slavery offenses in England and Wales last year, an increase of 159% over last year. Those are staggering numbers for modern human slavery. We sent a signal to a star system 12 light years away from us, which means they'll get it in about 12 years. The system has two planets, one of which might support uh, life. I used to be all about sort of sending these broadcasts. I thought it was super cool. You know, you send them like Miles Davis or, or whatever, right? But after reading the three body problem, I now think about this in a completely different way. And by the way, Stephen Hawking agrees with me and he's smart. Um, but the idea is that you don't broadcast, hi, um, I'm here and we like jazz music because someone might hear you. And the odds of someone hearing you that is super nice aren't as high as you think they are. And they might just be scavengers and they're like, oh yeah, we've got a new... Uh, group over here and they're dumb enough to broadcast and tell everyone that they're, you know, stupid and vulnerable. And they're just going to show up and drop something into the atmosphere, wait till we all die, and then harvest the the metal out of, out of the uh, rock in our planet. Just a theory. All right, ideas. I think it may have found a link between opiate and smartphone addiction. Uh, which is basically the lack of a strong meaning loop. Uh, <clears throat> you should read the whole piece here, but um, sorry, I keep clearing my throat. I like maybe I'm getting over being sick or starting to get sick. Not sure. But um, all right. So the idea here is someone noticed someone was studying addiction, especially around opiates. And they're like, why do some people get addicted and some people don't? Right. Obviously, we have this massive opiate problem. Uh, especially in like suburbs and Midwest or whatever. And um, we're like, okay, they're taking like this watered down form of the drug. But if someone gets injured 
or you know has does childbirth or has a massive surgery or something and they go to the hospital and they get this most powerful opiate right whatever it is i, I don't know the names of them but they get it for days and days and days and it just knocks you out and makes you feel great or whatever and when they get done it's 4 days later it's 2 weeks later they go back to their life they never want the drug it's not like they are addicted to the drug, but they've just had the strongest form of it. So why are they not addicted, but the people on the street are? And what these people who were studying addiction figured out was it's because they have something to go back to. And this comes back to my idea about meaning loops, which was on like Westworld. Um, it, I've been talking about it for a long time, but, but the idea of a meaning loop is you have a core anchor to reality and to meaning that keeps you going. If you're a parent, if you care about your work, right? If you're an artist, you know, if you read a lot and, you know, enjoy that or whatever. So it's like, what are your things that make you happy? And those are anchors to the ground, right? To, to the core of the world. And if you have that, then you could take all the opiates you want in a hospital stay, and you're not inclined to go back to the opiates. If you do not have one, if you do not have the core friends, if you do not you know, have a family to raise, if you do not have, you know, a drive or an ambition or something, then your meaning loop is the drug, right? And it's the same for smartphones. So smartphones are evidently, uh, a lot of people are saying that they're basically killing people. So the suicide rate for teenage girls is the highest it's been in 40 years. And people aren't sure, is it bullying? Is it, is it uh, smartphones or whatever? But my, my interpretation of this, and obviously I haven't studied extensively, but my interpretation of this <clears throat> is that people are so focused on their smartphones that they are just getting the value. And if you look at the interfaces, the interfaces are built to keep you in it, right? It's like you just swipe. Oh, did it refresh? Oh, did it refresh? You go to your next app. Did it refresh? Did it refresh? And it's like that becomes the new meaning loop. This is all you care about. Did my social media update? Did someone like my post? Did um, I get enough likes or whatever? It's like, well, I did this one and it went around that much. And this person posted the same thing, but they got way more popular. That must mean they don't like me, right? So you just spend all your time in these apps trying to get this feedback and you're not doing anything outside. You're not building anything. You're not creating anything. You have no external strong meaning anchors or meaning loops. So the smartphone essentially becomes the same as the opiate in the sense that it is a substitute for true meaning in your life. And that's why I think the suicide rate is going up because people aren't doing anything anymore. They're staying inside social media and refreshing on their phones. So that was that idea. Um, Startups are incubation laboratories for features that, if popular, will inevitably end up in the platforms and operating systems themselves. Talked about this one in the tech section. Um, I've started a new series for members called Algorithmic Learning, where I define a practical methodology for doing a specific task. First edition I just put up last night is on leadership. And it describes my personal approach to leadership, a system for building a new team and managing that team, and ways of handling various leadership situations. 
really looking forward to feedback from uh, members on how to improve it, like where I could, uh, you know, change something or add something or where I missed a point. Um, it's my first example of member content. So uh, if you're a member, you click through, it basically automatically just lets you in based on your, uh, on your subscription on the site. So um, definitely check that out. Uh, discovery. You can edit your Etsy PAM.D uh, sudo file in Mac OS to allow you to sudo using your fingerprint on a new MacBook Pro. So if you have the new MacBook Pro, which has got the fingerprint reader, you can now do sudo using that um, fingerprint. So that is pretty cool. It's just one line, you put it in there, got the link to it. DigitalOcean has put out a nice introduction to machine learning. Um, I'm going through this now, it is quite, quite strong. AWS has released some new AMIs for deep learning. So kind of all encompassing uh, system already put out there as a package. How Facebook figures out everyone you've ever met. This one is a good read. Uh, you wanna check that out. It's a little spooky, but pretty cool. Cracking MMORPGs, <clears throat> chaining web vulnerabilities to get RCE, and an epic list of reverse engineering resources. Notes for this week. I finished Bobos in Paradise by David Brooks. <clears throat> Started and finished Leadership Step-by-Step, Step, which was recommended by my buddy and Andre Gironda. <clears throat> and that was by Joshua Spodek. Both were absolutely fantastic. I started Losing Ground by Charles Murray, which was about like how welfare actually hurt uh, poor people. But I think I already knew and accepted the conclusion, so I actually put that one down. Um, I'm also reading Player Piano by Kurt Vonnegut, which I tried to read uh, a time before, but I just couldn't get through it. But I'm uh, I'm doing better this time. I'm going to get through it. It's, it's actually starting to get good. It was kind of a slow start. And I had LASIK at UC Berkeley on last Thursday. A few days into recovery, my near vision is unbelievable. Everything is, you know, huge and clear. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. Distance vision is a bit suspect still, but improving every day. Had a 70-second laser burn because I was farsighted. <clears throat> so I have some star bursting, which is a symptom of the swelling. But hopefully that'll go away uh, within a month or so. Overall, super happy with it. And if you're going to do LASIK anywhere in the Bay Area, you should go to UC Berkeley. The doctor there, Dr. Tran, is fantastic. Best doctor I've ever worked with. Recommendations. Number of groups have released basic security guides. Uh, there's one from Motherboard. There's one from the EFF on surveillance self-defense. And InfoSec Taylor Swift has a site called Decent Security where she talks about, um, you know, doing basics, protecting your email, protecting your computer, uh, protecting your mobile device, stuff like that. Really good for less savvy people um, getting up to speed on the basics. I've got a site RSS feed. I've had it for years and years, but you can subscribe to it um, and get blog posts. It's full text so you can... Um, get it without going through the site. But I recommend you do go through to the site because I spent all this time doing typography and the typo typography in RSS readers is hideous. So you should just go through to the site. Plus you can comment. 
Um, went at a conference. This one's pretty cool. I recommend people stand in the Pac-Man formation. I saw this really cool blog post, which I read about. Um, and the, the Pac-Man formation is basically, you know, it's round all around, except for you got like a slice of cheese cut out of it. It's a Pac-Man with its mouth open. You leave yourself in that formation because you want someone to be able to walk in, right? You're trying to be inviting. You don't want to have that, you know, tight little thing where people just walk around, look at their drink, pretend they're busy and walk away and feel uncomfortable, right? You want to allow people to walk in. So, um, and when someone joins in, you have to reopen the Pac-Man mouth to allow someone else. And the aphorism for this week, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget, you can also get the show, including all the links to the things I mentioned, in text form by signing up for the email newsletter at danielmiesler.com newsletter or via the blog post for each episode. I'll see you next time. Thank you.